0: This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light
1: of mine. Welcome to Strangers No More, where all people are loved with the love of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. In the household of faith, there are to be no strangers no foreigners, no rich and poor, no outside others. As fellow citizens with the saints, we are invited to change the world for the better from the inside out, one person, one family, one neighborhood at a time.
2: Thank you so much, Andrew. Hi, I'm Maggie Slight, and we are Strangers No More. This is a special cringe episode, if you would. (laughs) I like that you call it that. <laughs> <laughs> we promised from the beginning that we were going to talk out the cringes so many times. I know that I have been in a classroom in church, and I know that Dennis and Bradley have been in classrooms in church, that they just were well, all of a sudden something, just a topic cringe. came up. Yeah, and you just cringe. <laughs> no, I watched our episode last week and i watched myself physically cringe at least five times i think bradley's count was up to seven dennis <laughs> do you know your count
3: <laughs> i haven't even i've only halfway through episode one so i didn't
1: re-watch it because i probably would cringe at myself so I cringe
0: just seeing, yeah, seeing myself <laughs>
2: Okay. Well, one of the other things besides seeing ourselves on video that we cringed at is the discussion about covenants and being LGBTQIA plus in the church because they're... A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J. (laughs) You know,
1: S is way down at the bottom so i don't know where i'm gonna when i'm gonna get at it
3: for ally you're you're first you're a ally
1: oh uh
2: uh, no because then you get into the ace erasure and we're not going there with an ace here (laughs) the point of it is is that there is no easy path andrew can you put up the slide for the temple question for me please oh crap
1: you wanted me to put those up (laughs) um i wasn't i wasn't wasn't ready you guys okay we'll go
2: we'll go back and why don't we um bradley did you say that you could read it
1: are you talking the temple recommend one yeah
2: yeah temple recommend question number seven i can read it yeah
1: yeah, go ahead and read it because i i didn't have them ready let me
2: just it's
0: okay
3: it's, it's uh, I have it right here, so. Do you, okay,
0: I, okay, I pulled up too, but you can do it. Do
3: support or promote any teachings, practices, or doctrine contrary to those of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints?
2: Now, it's important for me to bring this up before we go any further in this discussion, because as a program, I want to be clear, we do not support or promote any teachings, practices, or doctrine contrary to those of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. That being said, having a conversation and listening to the concerns and having an open and honest conversation about a, a paradigm that two of our members live within is completely within the doctrine of Jesus Christ. So that being said, <laughs> Dennis and Bradley, you both experienced a bit of what I want to term as blowback by being out here and having loud conversation about this paradigm. You two are only two examples of paths for LGBTQIA. Now, actually, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna roll that back a little bit because you two are examples of paths of LGBTQ people. I, uh, intersex people and asexual people, have different paths than lesbians, gays, bisexuals, and transgender people. We actually, and I can say this as an asexual person, that my path is is somewhat easier to navigate within the church under the auspices of
1: Oh man, we lost her right then. Uh, well, I can talk- Andrew, how is it how, how do you identify as an ally? What does that
3: feel like? Any discrimination you've had?
1: So I I don't really ever get any discrimination, and so, um, <laughs> I, I, I that's that's sometimes why I feel a little bit um, out of place sometimes because because I am a I'm a white male in the a, a white in the, in the in the church that holds the priesthood, and I'm married. The, the closest thing you you would ever come to any kind of discrimination is I sometimes feel annoyed when people ask me why I don't have kids, but beyond that there's just not much. And so as an ally, I've always been boisterous and gregarious and I speak my mind pretty well. So when someone starts kind of demeaning someone I love, um, I tend to speak up pretty quickly. And so they, they don't tend to continue it after that. They realize, oh, okay, I know where he stands. He's not the guy I'm going to you know, whisper about this person too. So I, I I just don't see it too often. I think that's one reason why I'm good here, but it may not give you exactly <laughs> what you're hoping for because no, I don't just, have a lot of
3: opposition I'm that way. really protective of my allies. And I'm really just very, very, very protective of those who are allies. And I'm very honest to make because like when Andrew, so when I was asked, when, when I was writing my book, I refused to use certain verbiage in my book because it just didn't sound appropriate. And our church editors kept reverting it, kept reverting it, reverting it. And I said, I'm not gonna have some young 29 year old leave his wife in Provo to fly out to be my escort. You know, when I had first presidential approval to have my endowment early and to have somebody on some late show making fun of it. And so I was so protective, but then When I picked up Andrew at the airport, he flew into Newark, New Jersey, because that was not
1: me. Some other Andrew. No, another. The the one.
3: So, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, and so when I picked him up, I took a picture of us, a selfie, and I posted it on Facebook, and people were commenting like, "Oh, I'm so glad you got to go on a date, or your partner, or whatever," and I was like, "What?" you know he's married with a wife and lives in Provo I'm like I can't I I was very protective of that and I'm very protective of all my allies so Andrew you're one of them now
2: Bradley have have you had some experiences this week in particular that have put you in a situation where you found yourself being defensive about this?
0: Um, I feel like constantly, actually. (laughs) I feel like I'm always having to refresh on what to say and what I believe and having to like reason my way through my choices um, because a lot of what I've decided to do being a gay man in the church wanting to stay in the church, but still get married to another man um, isn't very common for other people to hear. And so people are always asking questions and they're always trying to rationalize why I'm doing that. And um, it can be difficult to feel like I'm always having to be defensive.
2: Well, it's, I think it's an important thing for our audience to understand if, if they're not members of the church, that at this point in time the way things are that in order to do that you would have to give up your temple recommend
0: Mm -hmm.
2: and I I don't know I mean we just did an episode about talking about
0: yeah there's been a few changes in regards to that it's It's a little bit better it's a little bit better it's not always immediate I think they've even gone away from the term excommunication and more Mm -hmm. membership restrictions um, is what they use now Well, they
1: they use two terms so what used to be called disfellowship is membership restriction mm-hmm. and then um uh, re- what do they call it they an excommunication is a, a release uh not a release a membership removal or something along those lines mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah so in other words you're just not a member of the church anymore that's pretty much what it means yeah <laughs> and, and i, so I, I think
2: the-
1: i think it comes to hey if you're not able to follow the covenants you did commit to maybe we need to remove those and i um that that's that's as far as it really needs to be but it often is taken a lot farther than that right Mm -hmm. so
2: so bradley how does that feel for you being in that position of of basically being forced to choose god or love
0: it's really painful. And I've had a lot of nights struggling and wrestling with that. Um, Fortunately, I feel blessed to know that um, I've had spiritual experiences during those times where I just felt comforted and felt supported by God. Um, And kind of just what we've been talking about on this show is um, learning to be a little patient Um, willing to make mistakes, but still uh, striving to strengthen my relationship with Christ and not letting that get in the way. Um, I often feel like I view the church as my conduit to spirituality, and that's why I love it so much. That's why I still want to be in membership and participation of it. Um, But my source is my personal revelation and my relationship with Christ. Um, I use the church as kind of a way to strengthen that with all of its many resources. And I love that. Um, But it kind of comes second to what I feel like my relationship with God is.
2: Dennis, I'll pose that same question to you. How does it feel? Um,
3: Well, I mean, I'm, I'm fine with it because I I'm old enough to be Bradley's, Uh, Son, I mean, he's old enough to be my son. So I'm 48 years old and I've lived on this side of the track I've lived on this side of the track and now I say I'm on this side of the track But with that being said Bradley, I will always support you Whether you I will always say you're an eternal brother in my eyes No matter what and I always ask myself. What would Jesus do? Uh, even though we have different viewpoints As far as like, I don't want to be married anymore. That was a goal that I had 20 years ago, because I I just I have lived with when I was baptized in the font at the back of the church I'm in now. It's like it didn't take away my gay because I identify as gay. I don't identify same-sex attraction. I don't identify as LGBTQ, ABCD. I'm just gay because this is how, when I came out in 1989, there was no such thing as ABCDEF. It was, you were gay, straight or bisexual and I came out as gay. So So I get questioned a lot by members saying, why do you identify as gay when you're not acting on it. Why don't you identify as same-sex attraction? And I'm like, well, that'd be taking away my whole identity. My whole life, I've been called gay. I've referred to myself as I'm gay, if somebody asks. And so all of a sudden to say, oh, I have same-sex attraction. That to me would remove my compassion and my empathy. and, And just, it would take away who I am. And like, I was attacked earlier tonight on one of our church's Instagram pages by somebody I posted on strive to be that I love following come I love studying come follow me it's it's strengthening my testimony into the church somebody replied a comment I have to ask are you a member or even because you don't look like it you don't act like it your posts don't you know and i just that made me crash and i i was was questioning my faith and i realized that because i have not received opposition from members i have been loved on by members i've been said we need you and i have never had somebody question if i was a temple holder or if i was a full standing member in the church of Jesus Christ. And that was something that caused me to say, wow, this is on our church's blue checkmark page is saying, are you worthy to be in our church?
1: Well, here's the thing. It's not whoever that is asking you that. And whoever does ask you that. And if you are inclined to ask that, that is not your call. Um, it is, and, and you should, you should stop yourself the moment you think you should ask that, or you think, because you are now crossing into Christ's met, um, that's Christ's area. Um, and the closest thing is that is a local Bishop has a little bit of, you know, he has that, he's a judge in Israel. He has that capability to, to work with you, but it still takes place with you work with you to determine where you sit with those you're standing in the church and your covenant covenants and everything else anyone else uh uh, it's not their call and they are crossing the line in my opinion and standing where christ should stand in a way that they they don't have the authority to do
3: well and so i i so when i was before COVID, i was doing firesides all over the u.s and devotional for the church and I I found out that my stake president wasn't called to find out if, supposedly, I guess, you're supposed to call the stake president and say, is Dennis worthy to do a fireside or devotional in our stake center? And I found out that my stake president wasn't being called. So then I started making it mandatory that he be called. And he respected me so much for that. And I said to him, I said, President Elwell, if a bishop wants me to do a fireside in his for his bishopric or for his ward, I will have that bishop call my bishop. If a stake president wants me to do a stake fireside, that's when he will call the stake president. We will keep it in the the chain of command within the church.
1: So that is normal procedure. Totally, I, I totally agree with him. That is a good thing that you you did that. However, it's it. It still smacks me wrong that people question that to to actually put that in a position for you to do. Well,
3: California, I was speaking at the stake center and they posted it on their Facebook page and the stake president had dozens of other state presidents from surrounding like Malibu and other areas of California, Los Angeles saying, has your Facebook page been hacked? What are you doing having, you know, a gay guy do a devotional? So it still happens. There's still that underlining judgment that our friend, sister Al Carraway deals with. Mm. And I shared her that message today. And I said, Al, I am now seeing the persecution you go through being the author and the, the, the number one sought after devotional speaker for more than the tattooed Mormon. And I, feel the persecution like Maggie pointed out. That's the persecution that Al went through or goes through. Well,
2: well, and also it goes back to our, our lesson from earlier is that when you. Take upon yourself to do a work for God, even to bear your testimony, you will be attacked. But, but Maggie, can I
3: interrupt? I did Hmm. not. I was very adamant when I joined the church. I did not want to be known. I didn't want anybody in this ward to know I was gay. I was just going to be Dennis, the single guy, whatever. And all of a sudden, God had a different calling for me. He had a different plan. Yep. When I met with that general authority a few months when I was doing my first convert baptism and I'm going, oh my gosh, what have I done now? Am I losing my limited temple recommend? And he just said, no, son, you have a larger calling than you'll ever know. And he didn't share everything with me, but he did say, that's why I want you to write your book called, Is He Nuts? Why at the time it was, why would a gay man become Mormon? But now we don't use that word. Um, And I have a true testimony to say, I am a member of the church of Jesus Christ. I am using his name. It sounds, it resonates. My heart beats when I, And I get chills on my neck when I say, I am a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. When I say I'm a Mormon, I don't get goosebumps. Mm -hmm. When I say his name, the hair on my neck stands up.
2: Bradley, I would like you to add a little bit to what Dennis had to say, because I want you to talk about what it means to be gay.
0: Yeah, so I had a couple comments. The first is I totally get the persecution and what Dennis was talking about. I've had many, many people tell me I'm like supporting the devil and I'm a wolf in sheep's clothing and all these different things and questioning my membership, especially on Color of the Campus because it's more anonymous. Um, and so people are more bold with what they say. Um, and I get that and that's really hard. Um, I wanted to circle back to a comment that he made and want to add to it because I think it's an important discussion about labels and um, how like people use different labels. They say gay, they say LGBTQ+, they say same-sex attracted. And I've always seen that as um, we should respect what labels people use and what they're comfortable with. Um, But the more I've learned about labels, the more I am appreciative of the language that we are developing. Um, I took a psychology of gender class this last semester and we talked about asexuals and how a lot of asexual people don't know that they're asexual because they don't know the words to describe their experiences. Um, And I've also heard lots of people that believe that being gay is a trend and being trans is a trend and all these things. And really it's just because we now have the words to finally describe it. Um, And that's why more and more people are able to identify with it. Um, So interestingly enough, I actually don't really feel like gay is the best identifier or label for me, but I don't think we have that yet because for a lot of people, gay just talks about the sex and the romantic relationships, but like it is my full identity. And so I, I don't know, I think labels are just really important to respect and to use but I think they're still limited. And so um, we should be wary of that, um, especially in regards to like same-sex attracted. I don't like using that term because it's a, oh, I have this, but that's not, that doesn't describe my experience because this isn't something that I feel like I have. Um, Cause I mean, it used to be because it was something that I didn't want, it was undesirable, but now it's like a part of me. And so I can't disconnect from it, It's who I am.
2: Thank you, Bradley. I want to mention for our our listeners, for our audience, that there are other paths for people who are LGBTQIA plus in the church. One of them includes being in a mixed orientation marriage. In other words, being married to somebody who is of the opposite sex, but is not necessarily who you are attracted to. Uh, I actually had an opportunity to talk about that possibility with my non-church member daughter who is in a mixed orientation marriage outside of the church. She is bisexual and she's married to a straight man. And we had a we had a conversation this summer, just just out of out of the blue. And I said, Well, what's the difference between your marriage and if I as an asexual person married a gay man? Would that be any different? To which she, as a again, not a member of the church, responds, There's no difference, mom. So I thought that was an interesting perspective. Also, I have teased about the fact that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints has nuns and monks, and those are the gays. (laughs) (laughs) But rolling back that teasing and, and that jovelty a little bit, where's the agency? what does this mean for the future of lgbtqia plus people within our church because there is currently no path where a member of the church can maintain their temple recommend while pursuing an lgbtq plus relationship well so i have um
3: Shortly after I was baptized, and I wrote about this in my book, that I met this guy, John, and he is in Virginia, and he was, I was just like, oh my gosh, you're gay, and you're a convert to the church. He joined in the 80s when he was 19, and he's in his 50s, and like, I just, I was like, so excited to meet him. He told me that many times he had you know, um, lived with a guy who dating who was also a member of the church, but they never broke the commandments. And I thought at first that was really cool. And then I thought, could this be for me? And I felt that with all the stuff I deal with from the adversary, that maybe it's not a good idea, but I do know there are gay people within the church that do have a partnership with somebody. They're not sexually active, they're not breaking the commandments, but they can sit on the couch together, watch movies, read scripture study. They can, you know, pray together in the morning and at night. And so I have heard of that a lot in the church. And I think it can work for certain people. Now, is that something I wanna pursue? No, because I feel that there's a big target on my back as far as like, I don't, I get judged enough. I I can't even go into a Starbucks and get a hot cocoa without somebody saying, oh, he's fallen off the wagon. He's drinking coffee again, which I never drank coffee before, but I just need to avoid the appearance of evil. Bradley, maybe you have a different view on that
0: yeah I that's an interesting viewpoint like I I don't disagree with it I think it's tricky for all of us to figure out um I go back to for me it's like what am I wanting from like this future relationship that I could have what are my goals what are my intentions with them um, and I actually do think that earlier, um, like a few years before I was receiving the revelation to not pursue any of those relationships because my intentions were more mostly selfish and they were more about um, about myself and self-gain and, and all those things. Um, but my perspective eventually changed where I started thinking more about um, the covenant of marriage and why we are asked to get married, and the whole reason for family, which is a very strong uh, value in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, um, and when I change my perspective on that, that's when I started receiving the revelation. That that's what you need to do, um, because it's no longer a selfish desire. It's something that I want to be with someone and strengthen his relationship with Christ, and have him strengthen me, and form a family where we can all be uplifted and edified um so yeah i think it just kind of depends on what what it is that we're looking at
1: whatever we do whatever we do we need to stop putting people in a position that they have to hide themselves from others um and 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 because i think it, it exasperates an issue um, I know people who I've wondered if, oh, are they, they're members of the church, they're single, they live together, you know, are they, and, you know, and then there's part of me that almost like thinks of it on the gossip side. And it, it's, it's a little titillating, I guess, is the term to, to, to even question that. Right. And, and, and then I'm like, do you know what, that, that, that shouldn't be any, anything. It should be, it's not again it's not my call to make but and but when people have to hide hide behind that even though they may be living the standards of the church because of a perception or the perception of evil you know uh, it's a it's a double standard that we live in is that what is what i'm saying is that there are things that i can do that no one would question whether i'm i'm Going against the, the the church because I'm a temple recommend holding white male guy. I can do a lot of things, and most people, including be on this podcast, and most people will will be fine with it. I mean, I, I'm sure there's someone, but I probably don't care who they are. Um, but um, <laughs> but but because I I hold that standard, I I can get I can do a lot of things, and no one will question my temple recommend. No one will question who I am, but. Den- I hear Dennis and Bradley say, hey, I'm living the standards, but there's things that I can't do because if I do them, people are going to act in a way that may cause me and others a lot of pain. that That's a double standard we should get away with. get away from.
0: I think people just focus so much on the mistakes and the sins that people are making like, I imagine myself coming to church with my future husband and just having all these eyes on me thinking about whether or not we're having sex. And like, why are you, why are you worried about that?
1: Why are you in my bedroom?
0: Why are you? Yeah. Why do you even have to consider that? That's not something that I'm going to share with you and tell you. Why can't you just look at our relationship and the good and the things that are strengthening us and strengthening the people around us? Why do you have to focus on the one thing that in your mind is, the mistake and the sin, and just exploit it to the whole, or expound it to the whole situation.
1: I think we have to call out. The church has created some of this culture by by the way they they set policy. Um, when when my friend, I won't use his name, but if you know me, you know who he is. He he'll he'll know who he is anyway. When my friend came out just after his his mission, he he came out to his bishop. He didn't come out to anyone else, and he didn't. He had never done anything that would have broken the standards of the church. He had never had sex with a man or even kissed a man or even held hands with a man. He just knew that he was feeling this way. And the moment he told his Bishop, he, he was released from his calling and he was put on probation until he could go have um, a counselor talk to him and throughout the course of doing that count being with that counselor he never returned to church um and 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 that was the policy at the time i used to be really angry at that bishop he's a uh, a family friend actually and there was a period of time when i was really angry at that bishop until i developed this understanding that he was actually doing what he was supposed to do that has totally changed let me State that right out. That is that has not happened. I'm sure it does happen from time to times, but that's not the policy of the church to do that um, anymore. So those kinds of practices need to change. Yeah. Now does that mean we change the the, the the revelations given to the to us from God or that we in, that we, we interpret for the prophet what's good for the world to, to set wow. us standards in the church? No. But what it does mean is that we treat each other like humans.
0: I think that goes back to my comment about like labels and language, because at the time or just like, I don't know, 20, 30 plus years ago, coming out was equated with your sexual life. And that's why we had those policies in place. That's why so many statements have been said by the world in general, not just the church Um, because the language that we were using was the exact same as confessing to all of these things
1: and and i'll tell you what it did to my friend for the next four four years my friend was so promiscuous after this after he tried you know tried to go to the council and everything and then he finally said screw it i'm done and then he went and nearly killed himself um until he it took him a while to fix that's not a position we should be no. putting people in
3: but i i mean i've been told that you know i'm gonna cause a suicide rate in utah to go up and blah 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 but i i look at like um, uh, my friend tom christopherson elder christopherson's brother um he left the church for many over 20 years he was married to a man in new canaan connecticut and he returned because of the the Twelve our 12 apostles and prophet went to his, his his parents' funeral and they said, You're always welcomed in our church. But I also I have personal revelation that God is not going to leave us alone in the afterlife. I'm often asked, like, how do you believe about, you know, what do you feel about the plan of salvation and, and eternal marriage and, and being single? I said, just like a, a 20 year old or a, a 22 year old who returns from mission and she's about to be sealed in the temple and she's struck by a, a, a truck in a, in, a, in a car accident. Do you think God's gonna leave her alone? No, he's not. And I know Bradley and I are not gonna be alone in the celestial kingdom. I know Maggie is not gonna be alone if we don't find her a husband soon.
0: Um.
2: (laughs) Even if she wants to be.
0: (laughs) You can't get away from it. Um.
2: Okay, I I, I think unless somebody else has got something else that's really pertinent, I think that's a really good place to, to wrap this up. This is not gonna be solved tonight. It is not gonna be solved with our discussion. We believe in a church with a prophet a living prophet he has the right and responsibility to receive revelation for our entire world and we will be patiently waiting for that revelation thank you for joining us from strangers no more thank you
0: This little night of mine, I'm gonna let let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine.